1: hello football fans welcome back to what culture football i am gareth here on a saturday with my lovely friend andrew say hello andrew hello awesome stuff we're in joyous mood today because a lot of stuff went down with the champions league last night this is the champions league preview show and without further ado we need to address the barcelona in the room andrew come on
0: Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, I, I I feel I feel your pain today. Uh, I'm just in an re- old Wrexham shirt, so I've I've got
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pain <laughs> yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's I, I've had like 11 years of national league pain, so so yeah. It, seeing Barcelona get humiliated in the Champions League, it's it's different levels, but it's it was nuts. It was I mean the the bar was set after seven minutes when it was one all, and it could have probably been two all or three all at that point, and it's just like. Uh, it, it was an absolute dismantling. It was it was dominance from Bayern Munich. I mean, me and Will Bond did a, a preview show of, of this earlier in the week. And we both, actually, I think he did go with Barcelona, but we both thought if it went Bayern's way, it could be a dominant one. But by dominant, I thought, yeah, they could maybe put three, maybe four past Barcelona. And it was eight.
1: It's It was remarkable. I, I think a big thing that was uh, the focal point, or let's say the centre talking point after the match, was the high lines that both teams were playing. It was literally yeah. a case of it seemed that each team wanted to get their entire squad in the other person's half for the entire game. And it just left people open to counterattacks. Barca give the ball. I've never seen a Barcelona team give the ball away so easily that often in my life. It's yeah. it's remarkable. I think, um, who said it? I think Steve McManaman or Owen Hargreaves said it was literally Barcelona getting Barcelona. They were just getting yeah, pressed yeah. and throwing that ball away and Bayern are looking frightening. They're looking frightening. Yeah like if you heard Thomas Muller after the game he was just talking about saying oh they, they can go they can go up another level so they, <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't we, the best
0: we're talking double figures now it's like it's uh, what, what what other level do you have from that but you wouldn't put it past them that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing I mean the talk going into this was that it, this is a very good buying team I think they'd only I think they'd only drawn one game in 2020 uh, and the rest they've won. Some, some nuts that like that uh, mm. as they uh, strolled to another Bundesliga title. Uh, and the, the talk on the other side was, oh, this is a Barca team that isn't quite what we expect from a Barca team and, and it was all coming down to in the hype before the game of yeah but they've got the old Messi. If yeah. if Messi's on it then that obviously that's a game changer, arguably the greatest football of all time. But he wasn't on it. But I mean they most certainly were on it. And and like you, it's it's I can't believe how many times Barcelona gave the ball away. And not just giving it away but the positions they give it away. They, they were still in one way it's admirable that they still tried to play it out from the back when they're kind of 4-1 down to it half time. But they just—they were giving it away in their own box uh, from restarts. it it, it was—it was crazy to see.
1: It was rather alarming seeing a side that for years, for a generation, have been famed for playing as a team. Really, they've got—they've had Messi as that spearhead, yeah. this 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 talismanic player, but they've been—they've been famed just being a team, just being a squad of players that they have one philosophy and they just stream the ball together, and it—and it's been beautiful to watch. Here, it looked like eleven different players just playing 11 different games. It it was like you saw Vidal just trying to beat everyone up. He was just out for a fight. (laughs) Stegen was having a personal game with himself, seeing how how accurately he could pick out Bayern Munich players every time he pinged the ball out. Messi just, and I know he's done this over the last couple of years, probably since he's getting a bit older, his legs. His legs aren't necessarily going, but he's been a bit more efficient uh, preserving Mm. his energy. But every time he lost the ball, he'd stand still and probably start, well, there was a point where he stood still and started walking the opposite direction, which... If he's your captain, if he's your talisman, yeah, I get it. He's your big attacking outlet and he's the guy who's going to get you all the goals. But you've got to show something or nobody else is going to look to... If you're not putting in a shift to try and get back and just do something, those players around you are just going to look at him and go, he's not trying, he's the best player we've got. So... Yeah,
0: even. Yeah, yeah, he can't be bothered. Why should I? And I I'm sure when that happened, that was that might have been the sixth goal. It's, it's so hard to keep track of what happened for what goals. So I'm sure that yeah. was the sixth one, but there was one where Messi gave it away, just turn, turned his back, carried, walked walking up the pitch, and then by a minute go and score. Uh, and obviously, Phil Coutinho coming off the bench on loan from Barcelona, getting a brace at the death as well. But that was the thing. It was this... It, it was normally you see these games where it's 4-1 at half time and maybe it'll get to I don't know you'll get a 5-1 or a 5-2 and that's it or, or it. I think Real Fernand talked about after the game how he's been in those games where you, you take your foot off the gas because the other team aren't going to press because they just want to see out that next 45 minutes you don't need to waste any more energy because you've already got the, the win in the bag but Bayern Munich weren't doing that they were just the, the, as long as that game was going on if, if that game went on an extra 10 minutes Bayern Munich would have carried on trying to get an extra goal and they would probably got an extra three or four mm. it was it's it's in terms of statements uh, I mean they're going to be playing the winner of tonight's game Manchester City and Lyon which we'll get to in a second mm-hmm. if you're Manchester City or Lyon it's like wow that's it doesn't you I, I can't think of a, a bigger statement that's been made in, in Champions League football in, in recent history really
1: exactly and, and because yeah because you mentioned it we might as well go into it now but in yep. this game tonight this city leon game um th- there's a danger there's a real danger here that city go into this game against leon who what they finished was it seventh
0: seventh yeah, seventh
1: yeah. in the league in in france this year which they, they are probably the least favored favored squad in left in the competition let's be honest in terms of the competition but I think there's a real danger now that City go into this match with that mentality of, oh, let's look forward to buying Are we gonna break down but a lot of the talk again after the game last night was, oh City should will be able to take advantage of this buying team to get past Leon because they play a really high line, they can get him behind, still and he'll be licking his lips at the prospect. But we've seen it time and time again. These big teams, City being one of these big teams, go into these games and just think, oh, yeah, we'll get by these. They did it with Tottenham. It was Tottenham last year. They went, oh, yeah, yeah. well, we've got the pedigree. We've been Tottenham so many times in the league. We'll do them, easy. But it's the Champions League. Anything can happen. I think Leon are going to be focused. They're going to be fired up for this game. They're going to want to beat Pep Guardiola City. Pep's going to go into it thinking, right, this is one of my last chances really to do something big in this competition with City. If he does last a couple of years, he's probably going to be gone maybe after next year. You'd imagine. Awesome. So, a lot riding on this game.
0: Yeah, and this is also you got to think for for both teams. The, the last time they, they faced each other was in last season's Champions League, and Manchester City didn't get a win over Leon. Leon got a two one win, and I think it was a two all draw they had in the group stages. So if if you're Leon, you're thinking, well, we've We've already got a result against them twice uh, last season. Um, Manchester City, you're thinking, right, I want to put that right, which I think, knowing Pep Guardiola and knowing how meticulous the detail is, he'll have studied all of those games or every single angle and a minute of those games from last season. Um, and he'll have, have constructed a way to, to try and get past Leon, which, I, I mean, it's hard to look past Man City for a win in this, clearly, but... Manchester City at the back they're not they're, they're, I mean they, we talked then about how Bayern Munich yeah it's, it's not to say Bayern Munich won 8 2 but teams can get at them but Manchester City teams can get them at the back I mean they've got Amelie Laporte a centre-half who's a quality defender but then who's going to be alongside him is it going to be Fernandinho shoehorned in there Otamendi you don't fancy John Stones Pep doesn't seem to fancy anymore talk of Eric Garcia the young lad playing even though he might be off in the summer to Barcelona uh, so it's uh, Kyle Walker is is great at certain things, but he, his positioning can go all over the place at times. He gets a bit carried away from himself and same with Benjamin Mendy on the left side. So it's a Manchester City backline that they can get at. And especially when you look at Leon and they've got a rejuvenating Memphis to pie. I love that fella. Um, mm-hmm. Just so entertaining to watch. as a neutral because he's just a bit mad, a bit erratic, shoots from wherever he fancies. But when it works, he, he's he's brilliant. Um, so you've got Memphis, you've got Bertrand Traore. Mm. You, you, they've got Maxwell Cornet. Um, I think Memphis as well. I think Depay's got six and six in the in Champions League so far. Uh, so th- there's a lot of pace there, which is it got to Man City the last time they played last season. And City will, will I think Leon will have chances. Uh, I think mm. City will be on the back foot at times. But then you just, you, you always fancy Manchester City to go at the other end and probably score six.
1: Exactly. And and don't let this Barcelona kit fool you. At heart I'm a Manchester United man. So if I saw Memphis tonight absolutely rip apart that Man City defence, <laughs> there is nothing that would make me happier. Um, hopefully, I think we're in for a, a game, an unexpected game. Uh, I think so many of yeah. these uh, these peculiar just one-round quarterfinals and semifinals have just delivered beyond compare, really. I think yeah. We're all expecting people just to not exactly take it as seriously as times in the past because it, it feels like a like a light version of a Champions League tournament in a weird way, Um, even though Mm. it's really cool having it all condensed. But yeah, I think they've delivered, and I think this one will deliver too. But I think the big thing we need to keep addressing is what happened last night because it's very rare you see a team of that size, that stature, get humbled in this way. And I think it's been a long time coming. If you look at over the last couple of years, every time they've got into the knockout stages – Something seems that that mentality, that, that that steely mentality that they had for so many years yeah. and Pep and under other managers, seems to have dwindled, don't know whether it's because players have left or whether the older players are just losing their legs, really, for want of a better phrase. Um, so what's next? What is next for Barcelona?
0: Yeah, we, we, we need to talk about Barca. Um, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's the kind of um, but that's the, the the big feature of this of this podcast, I guess, so this video, because it's it's hard not to address Barcelona. There there are other stories to we'll talk about, but the, the news this morning from Fabrizio Romano, who is one of the most trusted journalist on the planet is reporting that, that Kiki Setien has already been sacked by Barcelona as, as manager although it's not, there's no official news on that but it seems, I mean going into this game there was talk of Setien being replaced ahead of next season uh, even if he went through and won the Champions League um, because just Barcelona it's not, oh. that the poor fellow only got the job in January and then obviously he had the thing to deal with in the middle of a year that we've all had to deal with and then they finally get going, Real Madrid go top of the league, win La Liga and then they get turned over by a uh, by a very impressive Bayern Munich team. So it looks like Keke, Keke. Keke. Sentien's T time, sorry, at Barcelona is coming to an end. And then it's a case of who who comes in and, and takes that job next. Xavi is 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 always mentioned for this job, and Mauricio Pochettino's been mentioned for the job. It's Ronald Koeman, the the current Netherlands manager, um, and then Marcelo Gallardo as well at River Plate is is another one um, who I mean used to play. Well, I think it's three stints to play at River Plate, then dabbled at Monaco, uh, went back to River Plate, dabbled at Paris Saint Germain. Um, was one of those players who. I think we're going to see a lot of in the next decade or 20 years of this guy's the next Messi and then mm-hmm. for Gallardo he was one of those who got lumbered with oh he's the next Diego Maradona just just some, a little thing to live up to uh, like Ariel Ortega but yeah Gallardo has is, is become the most successful manager in Plate history since taking over in I think 2014 um, he's won a couple of uh, a couple of Bitadores essentially the the, the South American version of a Champions League um, he's one name that seems to have come out from from nowhere uh, a little bit so he, he could be a runner Javi himself it, i mean nobody knows nobody is in more tune well, more in tune with barcelona and how that, that barcelona um the heart of that club is run or should be run than Javi i mean the, the fellow was there from the age of 11 up until when he, uh, when, he when he left in what 2015 maybe uh, 25 years there but he's come out yesterday and said no i'm all right i'm cool this is good i'm staying at yeah. al-sadd as manager in qatar um he, he doesn't want it just yet because I think probably he realizes what a, a poison chalice it is right now. There's there's so much work that needs to be done. But Pochettino, that's, he's he's ruled it out previously by saying, you know, I, I was Espanol, uh, well, I spent your know, manager for, for three years. I was Espanol as a player for two years. Espanol, Barcelona, City rivals. Um, so he's got that. But, I mean, if Barcelona can't call in, even if you play for the rivals, it's Barcelona, man. And if you could be that player to, well, that manager, sorry, to, to reignite their fortunes, uh, that's a that's a tempting proposition.
1: It really is, but I, I feel like, based on the names you've said there, which are all have the you know, they have the reasons, the fours and against. If, if you, you were to get them in the job, you need a manager, and it's something that Bars have been lacking for the last couple of years. in In my mind, you need real leadership. You need somebody who's going to come in. Who's going to take command and just be a face of the squad in a weird way? I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like they've had that in so many years. Uh, probably, probably since maybe Tito Villanova. Maybe there's yes, somebody yeah. where you come in, and you go right. That he's commanding this squad. There's a lot of big names in there, but he's he's the boss still. Like I don't think they've had that for a while, and it showed. I think it's become a player led team in a weird way yeah. that never that never works out in, in the long run You might get some limited short-term success with it but it never works out in the long run because players aren't managers it's just it's just the way it is um xavi's clever i think xavi he's been put in a very similar position there in the last couple of weeks to what let's say frank lampard has at chelsea whereas yeah. frank lampard cut his teeth a little bit in the championship had a decent run there and came into a chelsea squad where chelsea never gonna have as much pressure as what there is for a barcelona you know what I mean? You're just not. You're not going to get thrown into that level of spotlight. And I wouldn't say the Chelsea team was in as bad a position as what the Barca squad is at this point, based on the plays that they have got there. Like the Chelsea weren't getting beaten beaten eight two in like a, yeah. a quarter final of the Champions League. It just wasn't happening. So I think he's tempting. He's he's the true seeing that situation, and going, nope, that's not that's not a good idea for now. But I'll I'll, I'll be in touch. Right, Pochettino, great, great. I think he would fit perfectly I think he is a, a man that's proven that he's brilliant at man managing he's, he's handled mm. big egos let's say at Tottenham to a certain extent Harry Gaines obviously such a big um, star of that team and he handled him so well and everything else uh, but like you said there's the Espanyol link so it's not as cut and dry as what yeah. people think and then you're left just looking back and you've got the River Plate manager like you said but there's not there's not a whole host of managers available that jump at the chance to try and stop that sinking ship from going under really because a lot of the big big titans are managing right now in the premier league and they're quite happy to stay in the premier league really because it's one of the most competitive competition on the planet yeah barcelona just doesn't look as appealing as it did when you had the likes of neymar there and suarez on all cylinders and messi just dictating whatever game he please it's not the same team so are they gonna have to uh, recruit or promote from within again go like what they did with pep guard bring Maybe. somebody up that's a definite option uh, but it's it's such an uncertain period right now for Barcelona.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. Yeah, man. See, I, I partly when I'm looking at the, the candidates, the one that jumps out is, because I, I think the, the way you described them was perfect about how this is, it's become a player-run club. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the player power there. I mean, it was surprising um, when uh, Gerald Pique after the game last night and said, look, we need changes from the top to the bottom and if that means I need to go as, as a part of that, fair play. But it, it's, um, it seems like it's become a little bit like how Real Madrid was probably 10 years ago when it was Sergio Ramos, Ika Casillas had, had all the power and we saw they had a very public button ahead with Jose Mourinho, that ended up in Jose getting the boot, and those players, obviously Casillas left, but but Sergio Ramos has shown how how well he can play and how. Um, how much of a positive influence he is on the squad when he's got a manager there that he wants to play for like Zinedine Zidane but I think with Barca to me Ronald Koeman is the one that I, I, I can see yeah. getting it but currently the Netherlands manager been there for two years a Barca legend um, won the European Cup for him was there for six years as a player played just under 200 games I think and got I looked into this it's more than 67 goals in just under 200 games for a, a, essentially a sweeper I, I, I love Ronald Koeman it's yes just nuts stats as a manager questionable but as a football what a player but um, he's he's talked about the boss job before he's kind of ruled it out about I think it's about a year ago he ruled it out but now we're at a time when he might be more open to it mm-hmm. you're looking as, as a national team manager when is international football going to get back who yeah. knows on that so it, it for me maybe it could be a good timing he, he's not Quite as, as synonymous with the club, obviously, as, as Xavi, but he's a club legend there, so it get the fans on side. You'd like to think some of the players would want to play for him just because mm. of his status with the club, uh, especially those players that are ingrained in Barcelona. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a rebuilding um, rebuilding job from. It just seems from every angle at Barcelona. Um, I mean, the, the playing squad.
1: Yeah, wow. exactly. Like that. That's that's a good thing to touch into now. When mm. we're looking at that team, obviously, we're talking about bringing in a new manager, but I think as pique alluded to i think there's going to need to be a certain amount of changes in that squad it's going to need some youth pumping into it but yeah. at this moment in time do barcelona have the funds to bring in to to make wholesale changes and just bring in all these stars of tomorrow mm-hmm. your, what was it, eric garcia all these brilliant players have they got the money have they got the clout and if they do who do you bring in apart from let's say an eric garcia who is available and who fits them all let's say
0: yeah yeah I mean he, he's he's young he came through at Barca in the first place he's been in the system um, he's a, a young Spanish uh, classy centre half very much like uh, Gerard Pique in waiting sort of thing So, and with Pique at 33 and, and like we've said there about how he, fair play to him as well for that for coming out and yeah. saying look if I need to go if I'm part of the problem let me know I, I, I want to do what's best for the club and not many players would do that especially yeah. when they're on whatever wedge that Pique's on uh, but yeah Garcia very much it seems like um, he'd be at a, a great, um, a great next step when PK does decide to leave Barca or he has phased out the squad. But other than that, that, I mean that that to me that is the model they've got to look at right now because it's it's been made very public that Barcelona haven't got the the funds that Barcelona maybe had previously. There's there's not a lot of money for them to splash around. I mean uh, arta has gone gone to Juventus. Well, going to Juventus uh, next month for I think 60 million. Uh, I don't know what the the crack is in terms of how much of that has been paid already. Whether it will be in installments, but that's some income there. Yeah. Then there's a big one. I think a lot of Barca's plans hinge on on one whether they can uh, get Coutinho off their books, and two, if they do, how much can they get for him? Uh, obviously, he's done himself no harm in terms of for potential suitors by popping up with two goals in a Champions League quarter final against uh, against Barcelona. But uh, you for me, they've got to look at players who are maybe just players that want to come and play for Barcelona. Like Eric Garcia is young, uh, a huge prospect and wants to play for Barcelona, and and obviously it, it's not going to be a massive outlay in terms of finances for them. I think that's the model they, they might have to look at, really, because they can't go even spending 20, 30 million on, on somebody. Where When you look at the, the holes in that Barcelona squad and what needs replacing, it's, 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 it's a big job. It's a couple of seasons sort of job you're looking at. It's not a quick fix, I don't think. So that, that's why they were probably linked with somebody like William for so long on a free transfer from Chelsea.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's it's frightening just hearing you there say something like along the lines of players who want to play for Barcelona. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. that's that that uh, even just two years ago, every player on the planet wants to play for yeah. Barcelona. Whereas now, it they, they maybe are oh, I don't know suffering from and this does pay me to say it, the Manchester United syndrome of maybe <laughs> a couple of years back where it's. OK, they're a huge club, but at this moment in time, do I really want to go to Manchester United? It doesn't seem like yeah. there's a clear, a clear vision, a, a a manager that necessarily knows what they're doing. It's an odd time. Um, like you said, Dan, like we've touched upon a few times, I think bringing in younger players, uh, maybe maybe even again from within the academy, just promoting a few players, sink or swim. I'm not being funny. If they're coming from La Masia, it's... If any players <laughs> to right. swim, I think they're going to be okay. Um, it might be a case of that. Look, look at where they've had most of their success. Yeah, they brought in a few decent world-class players that have hit the ground running. But for the most part, they've promoted from within. And the likes of Messi, Xavi, Iniesta. Uh, you look at obviously uh, PK went to United, did really well. Came back to Barca, like
0: did they, even better. <laughs> did even better. Do you know what I mean? Like they just they've yeah. had all this
1: success because they've they've not gone looking. I, I think um, in terms of. A transfer market strategy over the last couple of years, they've been blinded by these big mega money deals. Oh, we've we got rid of name, so we need to just splash the cash. Whereas a couple of yeah. just a few seasons before that, it was more on okay, where can we invest this money to bring in not necessarily finished article stars, but people who fit the mold and who were going to evolve over the next couple of years because maybe because yeah. they had the time to do that because they had already a few world-class stars there just just holding the team up maybe they don't have that uh, luxury at this point yeah but it's it's a, it's an insane I'm just I keep finally catching myself talking about Barcelona Barcelona the team of a generation right now are in it seems like they're in free fall I just yeah, yeah. it's gonna and be it's- a very peculiar summer. I think
0: when you look at it as well, who could who have they got the sellable assets that all the the great players they've had. I mean, obviously Messi. If they if for some reason they decided to sell Messi, that would still bring in a massive amount of of moolah for them. But I mean, if if Luis Suarez goes now, that's going to be on the cheap. they this talk of him maybe going to the states to the MLS to I think into Miami. David Beckham's team have been linked with him. Um. So and I think he's. 34, maybe 35, even uh, as far as. But but you looking at the sellable assets there. Uh, they've had these players who have been so great, such such great servants for the club for so long, but they never got sold on. So Boston never got to re- bring in any money for them. And now it's like, well, could you maybe get rid? What, what would they say if they got rid of Griezmann so quickly? But that's that when you're looking at what players you could get money for. Griezmann's there. Um, I mean, obviously they brought in Frankie De Jong last summer, who I think he'll, uh, he'll yeah. I think he'll he'll be fantastic for them. But that's very much it'll be there for 10-12 years I imagine yeah. but it's it's hard for them to generate money right now I think Um and yeah maybe it is maybe they, they got carried away and lost track of, of the model that they've stuck to so well since the days of Johan Cruyff of, of looking from within and, and ingraining that Barcelona mentality and that style of football into your players from an early age and you bring them through Um and, and instead they've gone out like you said that maybe that Neymar money did it where well, they saw that and just thought right everybody knows we've got this the fans know we've got this they they're calling out for big name signings, right? Let's 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 get Griezmann, let's get Frankie Young. But um, one transfer just before we wrap this up as well yeah. that that is kind of come out, I say it's kind of come out of nowhere this morning, but it's a culmination of two transfers that have been on and off and rumbling on for a couple of years. Really, is that Manchester United and Juventus may well may do a swap deal involving Paulo Bala and Paul Pogba now Dybala nearly went to Manchester United last summer. There was the no secret United room for him. He publicly talked about how that there were talks between the two clubs and, and how he'd be open to it. And then it didn't happen. Uh, so there's that and then obviously Paul Pogba since he left Juventus a couple of years ago has constantly been linked with a, a move back to Turin uh, and now Andrea Pirlo a new Juventus manager who played alongside Pogba so it's it's one of those where it, it's it is it catches your attention this morning but then it kind of makes sense because so many of this so many angles of this story have either been rumbling away for a while or you can see the, the logic in it um, maybe maybe not from Manchester United point of view though. I, I, I don't know.
1: It's a weird one because uh, it's not something we've been actively thinking about as United fans mm. at this point cause we've been that distracted by the Jaden Sancho saga. We just yeah. love a saga, don't we? It's great. Yeah. We don't just get yeah. deals done.
0: Lexley uh, Snyder. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <no. laughs> I know, I know. It pains me. I'm not even a Man United fan.
1: It's just it's great. It's great. just relentless. It happens every single year. But um, it's something that we've not necessarily thought of as an option because, to be honest, in terms of Pogba, Pogba ever since uh, lockdown... I've been quite happy with him because I feel like he's mm-hmm. finally in a team now. I feel like there's enough players around him, enough uh, people just sharing the load. I don't feel like he feels the need to puff his chest out and showbo. Yeah. Behind yeah, the commander of this team, our winners the game. It's it's like uh, what's his name? Socha finally got his uh, his arm around him and said, "Right, I need you to play this role. You're good at this role." Be this midfielder that is just a powerhouse. You can spray that ball around the park and then make those runs into the box whenever we need you. But you don't need to grab this ball and just try and take everyone on. That's not the idea. We don't need that. We've got players that can pick holes now and we've got attacking players that can do the job. So it feels like Pogba now, in a way, has found his home in that team. So suddenly here, oh, there's going to be swap deal. It's like, (laughs) oh, okay, cool. Number one, these two are pals and buddies. That was that was a lot of yeah. the lure early on yeah. for Dybala to come over to United. The fact that he got to play with his old pal Pogba again. He was like, "Well, hey, so result. So to swap instantly makes you go, oh, okay. So one of the main reasons for him coming to United would be taken away if he swapped to yep. Juve. I get why Juve would want him because it seems like he was in his element at Juve. And I think we saw the best of him as an individual yes. at Juve. I'd say as a player, I think over the last couple of months, he's finally shown what he can be as a team player. And Pirlo obviously loves him. It's There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of different sides to this that make sense. But equally, bringing in Baller at this point the, the position he plays right now, I feel like that's the position where Bruno's really come into his yeah. own. this attacking midfield that can play off a striker and just has so many different elements to his game. He's become a pivotal part. I can't sing the guy's praises enough. He's, he's completely transformed this United team for me, personally. He's just been outstanding. To bring Baller in, his competition, competition's great, but he's going to want to be in that team every single week. Does that mean pushing him out to the wide? Does that mean pushing him up as a striker, necessarily? I don't think he plays very well as a number nine, personally. Mm. So it just feels like a luxury sign in again. And I've said that well, a couple of times in this video, but he, do, he feels like just an excess signing to score. Oh, we've got another big name in He's not going to be like for like for Pogba. So for me, it doesn't make um, that much sense.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, that's what I mean. I think, think for Juventus, it makes sense. But for Manchester United, um, the stories in the week since Perlo took the job at Juve has been that De might be one of those he'd be quite happy to offload to get that wage off the off the uh, off the books. But then obviously, if you bring in Paul Pogba, that's probably even more of a wage. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Juventus need. I mean, Blaise Matuidi has gone to Inter Miami this week, mm-hmm. so they, they need some new, well, I don't know, some new life in that Juventus team. And in new life, they might revisit some old life and bring back Paul Pogba. That for them. Makes sense, but I totally agree 100% with the at United. Where, yeah, he's a great player, but like you said, there his his prime position is just off the striker as a number ten. You can put him out wide, and I, 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 we've seen him play for Juventus uh, uh, where where he plays off the right at times, and he's good. Um, but he's his prime position where he's most effectual is, is is behind the striker, and you you cannot not play Bruno Fernandez there. Mm. And also, if this deal did go through, I mean, one to me it says that Jadon Sancho is isn't happening. And I'd imagine the battle probably goes on the right for United uh, primarily. But also then you've got a gap in midfield. Um, I mean, I I like Scott McTominay. I think he's great. Matic has been really good since a restart, to be fair to him. Um, Fred. I, I love Fred. I think he, I think he's great. Um, right now, anyway. But he still yeah. has his moments. And then you got like Juan Mata. Um, and obviously Bruno. But there's still there's a massive gap there if Paul Pogba goes. And maybe maybe that's Solskjaer's thinking. Maybe he sees something in DiBella where he thinks he could be my right sided solution to Sancho. And then I'll use the money we we would have spent on Sancho to maybe go after. Saul Niguez, uh, uh, Atletico Madrid. That's another yeah. name that's come up recently, um, and, and that probably be maybe seventy million outlay, sixty. Mm. M- I don't know because the market is so so up and down right now because of everything that's gone on lately. So maybe he sees this as a way of, of bringing in that right sided solution while keeping funds free to strengthen the squad elsewhere. Maybe a centre half and and something like Saul so. could could be an option. But yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued to see if it happens. But I think. I think for United, I think it's more of a the first step of a of a I'd say summer long transfer policy, mm-hmm. but what a, a month long transfer policy where this is the first step, and then we bring in we we, we use our money to bring in the midfielder and possibly a, a centre back as well, rather than just going right. Here you go, Dortmund. Here's under twenty million for for Sancho. Um, I, yeah, I mean, who would you prefer, Sancho or de Baller Really, or oh, say say Sancho or de Baller and Saul as an example.
1: Um, oh. See, bringing in soul, I'd, I'd definitely go for that. Just purely, I, I like having strength in depth and just having plays that are uh, going to challenge but not necessarily upset like the rest of the locker room, the dynamic. So I probably would go for that. I think Sancho's good and I think he's worth probably the, I think he is worth the money that is being put on the table for him. Maybe look at his stats over the last yeah. year or two. Like, And he's English, so he's just, the, the, the it's going to be a high price. It's just the way it is. When an English team tries to buy an English player back, it's just it's just, it's just the way it goes now. Um, I think I would go for the Seoul the the thing possibly just because you've got that midfield plug happening there if we do lose Pogba it makes more sense but honestly just sign someone (laughs) just (laughs) anyone we'll take what we can honestly look at City they've already signed a couple of players Chelsea are going crazy Liverpool have even started signing players just get somebody but that is perhaps a podcast for another time where we can sit here and talk about all the players linked to United there's a couple um, but yeah this has been the Champions League preview we've got the City-Leon match tonight which promises to be another belter in the string of brilliant Champions League matches that we've seen over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks do not forget United are playing in the Europa League tomorrow as well I will be watching that um, where can they find you on Twitter Andrew uh, at culturedleftpeg Fantastic. You can find myself at GMorgan04. We've got What Culture Football as well to go and follow there as well. Uh, do not forget to like, share, and subscribe to all things What Culture Football on YouTube and check out all the articles as well on the website, WhatCulture.com. I have been Gareth. I've said WhatCulture.com a lot. I might have to stop yeah. saying WhatCulture.com. Tick, tick, tick. Everything's done, I think. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Um, we'll see you all very soon. Enjoy the footy. Bye bye.